and welcome back to another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. And we uh, have been gone due to Mardi Gras and vacations. And Mardi Gras is over, so everybody now. Yeah. But good time was had by at least everybody here. I mean, you know, it's, it was kind of a weird Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. um, not without its controversies, but. Um, you know, I think the city rolled, you know, rolled through it pretty well. Um, I don't know. So, uh, Dave, you were at, oh, sorry, I should probably say, sitting around my table here in Gentilly uh, is uh, Dave and Alfredo. Hi. Hello. And, of course, I'm Aaron. Of course, I'm Aaron. Yeah, that course. Course sounds sure. really well, we're 17 episodes in, yeah, right? Of course, yeah, of course I'm Aaron. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, uh, no, we, uh, we, we we, you, we all uh, Mardi Gras. Yeah, well, that's what I was talking about. Um, so, Dave, you were here for a little bit of Mardi Gras and then went on a vacation with the family, which we will talk about solely tonight. In exhaustive detail. We're going to talk about Dave's trip to the uh, the great um, East Coast. Uh, no, I don't know. The great state of Florida. The, the great state of Wyoming. <laughs> Packed up the kids and went to Wyoming. I know that's not on the East Coast. Mm. I was trying to find something. Yeah, but anyway, we, we were making Wally World references earlier. So you know, so <laughs> I was, I was, I was, a, I was a high school band director, and we we took the kids on a band trip one time to L.A. And one of the places we went to was Six Flags Magic Mountain, which was where they filmed Wally World. And so, as the buses are going into the parking lot on my bus, I've got the microphone. I'm screaming. Wally World and the kids are like what in the heck is this guy's problem I mean we get off the bus and I'm like first kid I see is like race you to the front and you know I mean how I don't know how many you know sorry folks the park's closed moose out front should have told you and the kids were all just yeah kids were all just looking at me like what is your deal and actually my favorite there was a kid sorry I'm long story um, there was a kid who hated roller coasters and I actually, um, actually guilted him into, I, it, like I said, this is a, a long story I'll tell off the air, but I guilted him going on into going on Tower of Terror. I questioned his manhood, mm. basically. Um, oh, and no. <laughs> because he was, he was going to be, he was going to be enlisted. He was enlisted in the Marines and um, his name is Jose Chavez. So he had a lot of that machismo to him, you know, and I was like, I said, you're going to be a United States Marine and you will not go on a roller coaster. And he was like, whoa, you know, and yeah. so went on Tower of Terror with me. And then we went on a roller coaster. And we went on the Screaming Mimi from, you know, at Six Flags Magic Mountain. That's, you know, it's not actually called the Screaming Mimi. But anyway, we get <laughs> we start going up the hill and I turned to him and I said, can I call you Rusty? You know, the first time I went on this ride, I had a bad experience. I threw up and Jose was just like, dude, shut up. I'm going <laughs> to kill you. So, but I've made so many vacation references. So um, anyway, you just got me down that rabbit hole. Sorry. Um, but Dave went to Galaxy's Edge and we're going to be talking about, you know, real life experience at Galaxy's Edge. And um, but so to look forward to that'll be fun. Um, but uh Fredo and I just stuck around and did Mardi Gras. So I don't know, favorite Mardi Gras uh, memory? Do you have one? See, that's that's a problem because any Mardi Gras memories? Any Mardi Gras? No, no, lots of Mardi Gras memories. Actually, that's I was saying off air before I came in that Mardi Gras is one of those weird things where it's almost like being on being on vacation where you're in the middle of it. You're like, I can't wait for it to be over. I'm at rest, and then you get over, and you know it, it ends, and you're like, oh, it's such a shame. I got to go back to regular life. 
uh, I don't know. I think favorite memory is just all the you know walking around through the quarter, the Marini, all the scenes we saw, the people we saw. That wasn't a good memory. <laughs> I, we we turned. We had a friend who had never been into the quarter on Mardi Gras before, and so so we're like, uh, so we went to the quarter, yeah. and it was fine. The quarter yeah. was fine, but then we went into the Marini, and it was like, well, it was first of all, I turned to Brit and I said we're not in costume and we're the weirdos. <laughs> I mean, we stood out like a sore thumb, but, anyway, but it was just wall to wall people. And I was just like, get me out of here. Now I will say, <laughs> so actually what will, what I will count as my favorite memory of that day. I told you this, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I could not go back to bed. And I'm like, okay, what do I do at this point? Fine. Uh, Northside Skull and Bones Gang come out at five o'clock in the morning out of the Backstreet Cultural Center uh, Museum in the Treme. Got dressed, changed, drove over there, parked, was able to catch them coming out. And if you've never done it, it's it's a fun experience because they basically come out, they do a little uh, song and presentation in front of the, the museum, and then they go through the Tremaine knocking door to door, announcing the beginning of Mardi Gras. And it's such a great experience, and it's so it ties it so well to old world carnival, the whole idea of. You're taking this day to celebrate life because next day you're supposed to be acknowledging your mortality. Probably not a real touristy Mardi Gras experience. It is not, but it's something that you do and you just appreciate it for its artistry. And it's I've never cool. been. And I yeah. got, that was the one moment I got jealous, <laughs> like looking at people's updates mm-hmm. for, during the week um, and missing it. And and I the thought occurs to me that if you're going to wake up at 3 a.m. on any day of the year, that's a good that's a good day well, for well, my, it. My thing was, I was like, okay, I got up at 2 and then went back to bed. So I fell asleep. Woke up at 3. Came in bed. It's 3.15, 3.30, 3.45. I'm, I'm not going back to bed now because I don't want to, you know, we're going to get together to go uh, to Zulu to see the crew of Zulu march. I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep. Because if I fall asleep now, I'm just going to sleep right through. Because been, we've been out just about every night. So at that point, I'm like, well, I've been talking all carnival that I want. This is something I want to see. Get up and go do it. And it was easy enough. I mean, I was able to find parking on Rampart that was free. Not a problem. I was able to walk there. We waited for a little bit. The weather was kind. By the time that the Skull and Bones gang comes out, it was really crowded. I was surprised at how many people showed up with kids, with toddlers. And, you know, kids in good behavior. I'm like, I don't know how much they're going to give you, but... And I might walk with them for a little bit for like a block or so before I left them and they went on their merry way. And it's just, it's one of those really great experiences that you kind of sort of have to do at some point in your life to experience all the various. I tell for people, locals. Yeah. I tell people it's, you know, you think of Mardi Gras as one Mardi Gras and it's not. It's, you have the uptown parade routes, that's one Mardi Gras. You have the French Quarter experience, that's a different Mardi Gras. You have the Mardi Gras Indians, that's a different Mardi Gras. You have Frenchmen and the Marigny with... Every block having its own little costume block party. That's a different experience. So you get to pick and choose which Mardi Gras experience you want to have. And then and then we made our way to the Cary Irish pub where it was dead. And we and just sat there and went, ah. I was falling asleep there. I'll be yeah, honest. You, Towards the were, end, I was like, I, we, we mentioned that. I said, man, Fredo just looked beat. Uh, 14 <laughs> hours up and moving. My back was killing me and my eyes were closing. I went home. I took a nice hot shower and then I crashed yeah. for about a couple of hours. You know, yeah, and that's that's the thing that you know people. I don't. I mean, maybe I just don't do Mardi Gras, right? But my my manager asked me, said, "How's your head doing after uh, Mardi Gras?" I was like, "It's fine." I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's 
you're, you, first of all, when you're out on the parade route, you drink low octane, you know, beer, mm-hmm. you know, and you have a lot of food, so it's getting soaked up. So you really, and you know, you have to work the next day, you know, for most of these parades. So mm-hmm. you, you don't, over, you know, it's the dumb people who overindulge. Now, you know? I'll be honest. You normally I do request Ash Wednesday off. This year I couldn't because I was helping my folks out, driving them to Houston for something that weekend. So I was like, okay, I'll come in on Ash Wednesday. That was a rough morning. <laughs> five, you know, five days in a row. Actually, no, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, seven days in a row going out. Yeah. Do a number on you. So, so Dave, you, well, before we get into Dave's vacation, um, let's do our, our trivia. And by the way, I saw, I wish I would have kept this. Uh, um, it was, uh, I think, on GameStop or something, their uh, website. But it was they said the 25 hardest Star Wars trivia questions you'll ever <laughs> answer. I was like, child, please. Challenge you know, accepted. You know, but anyway, I just, I read a little couple of them and I was like, meh, and it went away. So we'll, we'll do our trivia, which is not hard Star Wars trivia. Maybe you find it difficult, but, you know, you'll one day become nerdy like us. Um, so I'll ask of... Um, Dave. Um, oh, interesting. What's the first body part Chewbacca reattaches to C-3PO's torso in Cloud City? It's one that makes you stop and think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because I know that there, um, I know that when he like reactivates him at that point, he's got a head and an arm. And I think that's it. He has one uh, one arm and a head. Um, I'm going to say the the left arm. It's his head. It is his head first. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the arm was already attached, and so oh, so it, it was because he because he attaches the head, and that's when he says stormtroopers here, yeah. and I got to warn the others. And then the next scene, he's got the arm, and that's when you realize. But it is. It's one of those backwards. that plays with your head with you know ah, plays with your head, but you don't. I was, when well, I read that, I was like, holding the head like Hamlet, yeah. you know, yeah. and so like the whole time there, he's like, oh, yes, and then, then he screws it in, and off we go. So, yep, that makes sense. All right. Um, for you, Fredo, mm-hmm. who was sent away to the Imperial command ship with the praise? I'd say praise in quotes, maybe. <laughs> Your work here is finished. I'll give everybody a moment to think about it. Think of the scene. It's Darth Vader. Yep. Uh-huh. Which is always interesting. It's like the Emperor just kind of sends him away like a kid. You did good, kid. Go away. Yeah, yeah. Kind of it, it always felt kind of like not quite genuine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of it being praised for him. Yeah. But then you read all the expanded universe slash legend stuff and you realize, okay, maybe he wasn't really praising him. It's always that back and forth. That's the relationship. Okay, Aaron. What two words does Lord Vader utter after he tells the bounty hunters, I want them alive? Well, <laughs> the face he's making, it tells well, me he knows. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let people think about this one. But uh, we actually end up seeing this in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No disintegrations. It is correct. <laughs> so Disintegrating Jawas left and right. Yeah. And- <laughs> So it's a Mandalorian thing. It's a Mandalorian thing. By the way, I I actually I watched the the last two episodes of the Mandalorian just mm-hmm. the other day. Just wanted something just to watch, you know. I don't know. And uh, I was just, I just struck again just how well that 
series was written. Mm-hmm. Like watching the biker scouts with, at the beginning of the last episode, you know, when they're even when they're punching Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. they, that's just, they're just funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole conversation and then the missing, you know, shooting at a you know target and missing, and you know, just the back and forth. It's like that, that just it was just enough humor to. I mean, because that whole episode was heavy. Right. So you needed that. And, but like I said, it was just the whole series. It made me think about it. the whole series was just really well written. I love every now and again, we'll go on YouTube and you'll see people who do like reaction videos. So they'll film themselves reacting live to the episode. Uh, one of the things is the, the bike scout scene when everybody's just getting mad every time they punch Baby Yoda in the head inside the sack. And then when the Darksaber comes out, and ever, you can tell who knows what the Darksaber is because... Their jaws just drop. So, so in uh, the Crew of Tux um, uh, parade uh, the Saturday before Mardi Gras, the 501st marched in that, and I was in my snowtrooper armor, and it was perfect weather for snowtrooper armor. Um, however, my visor fogged over at Louisiana, and so for the second half of that parade, all I saw were the taillights of the truck in front of me. That's it. Um, but anyway, we had one guy who was in his biker scout, and I was like, dude, you totally need a bag and just get some sort of like Sphero mo- you know, motor yeah. or something like that. And then just punch the bag every now and again as you're walking by. Because, people just jump at you. <laughs> I mean, as we're, as we're walking by, um, when people saw, we had one guy who was in the Mando Mercs. He was just dressed as a, a Mandalorian, not the Mandalorian. But everybody was like, oh, it's Mandalorian, you know, and hi, oh, where's baby Yoda? It's like we just started counting how many mm-hmm. the rest of us were all chopped liver. They saw a <laughs> Mandalorian and they were just freaking out. So although I was gonna say, yeah, well, Brett got you know something special out of that. Yeah, did you I, I don't know if you heard about this. So um, well, you know, um, the one of the tragedies from this Mardi Gras was uh the lady who was run over by a float um, during the Knicks parade. And mm-hmm. so a good chunk of the, the crew of Knicks didn't get to hand out, you know, didn't get to finish the parade. And, you know, they have their signature purses. They have purses that they decorate. And, um, you know, that's one of the big coveted throws. Well, anyways, we're marching down the street. This lady calls Britt over. Britt was wrangling for Britt's my wife. You know, I just talk about her matter of factly, but, um, you know, she was wrangling for us. She was basically our security. She was the only wrangler. <laughs> she was a bouncer. I mean, she's yeah. the only red shirt. She's the, the five hundred. She's first. the only one. Anyway, um, but she uh, somebody called this lady called her over and said, "Do you want this?" And it is a purse that is um, a stormtrooper, and kind of with a part of an imperial symbol behind it. And it's just like, and Britt's like, "Oh my God, yes! Are you kidding?" I mean, so, because they're just handing out purses, mm-hmm. but. She knew the 501st was going to be coming by and, you know, handed it off to Britt. And so Britt, that's how Britt got her purse this year. And it was mm-hmm. a stormtrooper one. I'll have to show you before you leave. Yeah, um, that sounds cool. But um, I don't know where we're going with that. No, uh, I'm just saying, no, it was just kind of funny, kind of. Oh, the Mandalorian. But yeah, Mandalorian. Everybody, everybody was just, uh, yeah, they were just, they saw a Mandalorian, thought it was the Mandalorian. It's like how many people, if somebody's dressed as a TIE fighter, they call them Darth Vader. Hand to God, this happens all the time. So all the people who are Tie pilots, they're like, there's a meme that goes around, and shows a Tie pilot, it says not Vader, it shows the Death Star gunner, not <laughs> Vader, it shows um, Death Trooper, not Vader. You know, shows Vader, Vader. One person actually uh, said that he was told that that's the worst Darth Vader costume I've ever seen. 
Oh no! <laughs> it's like you're like you're right. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> but anyway, so I digress. But mm-hmm. so Dave, you were here for a couple of days of Mardi Gras, and then you guys hit the road. Yep, and holiday we, road. We uh, <laughs> more more uh, vacation references. I have to. We uh, yeah, we headed over to Orlando. So um, um, our kids had never been to Disney. I hadn't been to Disney in uh, thirty years. Um, 30 plus years and uh, figured it was time uh, our kids are um, 8, 6 and 4 so they're like right in that age range so Dave and Kate have earned their way into sainthood mm-hmm. they can they can like screw off the rest of life they're getting into heaven for yes. taking three kids that age to Disney World <laughs> I think so yeah <laughs> it were, felt like that you, you <laughs> Made it in, man. Yeah, made it in and made it out, and uh, yeah, uh, galaxy's um, galaxy's edge though. Uh, east uh, it was uh, was one of our stops, so I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit about that, and because um, I think I'm the first one of of this group to go, mm-hmm. um, so I thought it would it might be fun just to talk about my experience and then give you guys the opportunity to ask questions. And, I think it'll also be really interesting to hear especially since you know a lot of the stuff we heard right off the bat was right after it was open and everybody was like oh my god you know freaking out and now that it's simmered for six six months months, you know so it'll be interesting to see because i'll I'll be honest you know i'm going in may and we're just at a a friend's well uh rj who was on our second episode with Mm us uh celebrated his birthday this past saturday and um telling people yeah, I'm going to Orlando in May and they were talking about Galaxy's Edge and they were talking, saw the Millennium Falcon and I cried and they, you know, the, the, everybody's saying this and I'm really worried that I'm going to go. I'm going to be like the typical Aaron response of, yeah, yeah it's the Millennium Falcon, you know. But anyway, so it'll be interesting to hear how your reactions were or, and your expectations and everything. But uh, Well, I'll ask you this. What do we always say about the movies? And what do you always say about the movies? Check your expectations at the door. Right. Just go with no no expectations. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, my expectation is that I'm going to be like surrounded by Star Wars and it's going to be cool. But on the other hand, there's going to be tons of effing people there and it's going to get annoying at times. And, you know, but it's still, I mean, it's going to be like I'm seeing these things. So how's that different but, from Celebration? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well. One of the things I say about the movies, in addition to what you say about the movies, which is leave your expectations at the door, which I would advise anybody going in. Um, don't go in thinking it's going to be a religious experience. Um, but also... The other things we say about the movies, at least this is something that I always go back to, is that it's a very overwhelming experience. Um, the first time I go to a Star Wars movie, there's so much going on and I just have trouble processing everything. And it just takes me some time to just sit down and decide, yes, I liked that. No, I didn't like that thing, etc. So those are the two things that I'd say like right up front for anybody who hasn't gone yet. Um, you know, just be very mindful that everybody's going to tell you that it's an amazing, amazing thing. So you need to keep your expectations in check. Um, but then also know going in that you probably will be overwhelmed by all this sensory, um, hoopla going on around you. So let me ask you, it's, 
it's within Walt Disney World, or which park is it located within? Uh, on over in Orlando, it's mm-hmm. in Hollywood Studios, um, which was always one of their sort of afterthought parks. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a lot of the. I think it does it have like the Tower of Terror, yes. and it yeah. has a couple of big rides like that. You still have Star uh, Tours, if I'm it not still has Star, Star Tours. Star Tours yeah. is still there. Um, it's not part of Galaxy's Edge, though. Mm. It's in a different part of the park. Interesting. So that's something to file away. And that was actually one of my tips um, for people that are going, is to not forget that there's other Star Wars stuff in the park that's mm-hmm. not part of Galaxy's Edge. You have Star Tours, um, the Jedi training, which you guys saw all the pictures of my kids practicing to be little miniature Jedis. Um, that's not uh, a part of the park. Mm. Um and uh, they also have a gift shop attached to Star Tours, which yeah, it's just of... a big, big Star Wars toy store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they've got like the mix and match lightsabers. That's where I, that's where I got the mouse droid, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. So sorry, that's great yeah. podcasting moment. I'm pointing <laughs> to something on a shelf, but I have I have a mouse droid, a remote control mouse droid that I got at uh, Tuscan Traders, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, people should keep bear that in mind. Um, Going in, well, and they also it. have in there. I'm sorry, they also yeah. have Launch Bay, um, which um, is a place where you can do a meet and greet with Darth Vader and Chewbacca and BB 8, and they've got some prop replicas and stuff like that, which is kind of a neat thing. I don't know if you know if you did any of that, but um, no. it's a uh, we did it the last time we were there, and it's just it's kind of cool. We, I mean, I didn't stand in line, I don't stand in line to get you know, picture taken with Darth Vader because I can call however many friends and if i really want a picture taken with darth vader i can have that done you know to with my fair, 501st also, friends yeah. so you also have a picture with david prowse so yeah i mean you I, actually have a picture with darth I, vader i can i can actually i can just walk around my house in my stormtrooper armor but anyway uh <laughs> but the other stuff that was kind of cool seeing some prop stuff but anyway well if you think about a place like magic kingdom um it's got like frontier land and adventure land and tomorrow land all those kind of little lands and so this is set up in a similar way um because they've got a Toy Story land that's adjacent um, to Galaxy's Edge. Um, and it makes sense that they would have built it that way, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to build this little ecosystem, basically. So when you're inside it, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, are you able to notice Toy Story land? Are you able to see like the ride in the distance? Uh, they, or, or is it like immersive? Where you're like It's very immersive. Okay. Completely. Like they set it up so to get to it, you have to like walk through like this dark tunnel. Mm-hmm. You have to like go underground practically, go through this big tunnel, and then when you emerge from the tunnel, boom, you're there. Um, and it's similar. There's there's an entrance on either end of the park, and it's similar on the other side. And I've heard that they've made like the height of everything, so it's not like you can look over the top and see the Tower of Terror. Or right. yeah, yeah, so. yeah. They've really it's all laid out very intelligently, so that like once you're there, you're not going to be taken out of it. That's good. Um, but yeah, like if you walk along a winding road, all of a sudden you're going to see Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I took a wrong turn somewhere. And, right. uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. Um, so let me, I'm going to, sorry. Yeah. We're probably we're going to step all over. You had this yeah, thing all just, mapped out. And we're going to step up. So, okay. So I want to know you walk through this winding tunnel and all of a sudden, boom, you're in Batu. What was your initial reaction? 
It wasn't as magical as you might hope because... Well, you, you don't... I mean, again, I, I guess I'm thinking is like the, the magical thing that I've heard from people is when you see the Millennium Falcon for the first time. Well, there's That's, two things but, going on um, when the park opens. Which that doesn't happen right away. Mm. But anyway, right. go ahead. No, no. You, you have to like walk a little bit to get there. Um, there's two things that happen right away at the beginning of your day. Like, let's say you think, I'm going to go to the park first thing in the morning... There is going to be a mass of humanity mm-hmm. waiting to get in. Um, and so the way they have Rise of the Resistance set up is that you can't get in line for it. And you can't book a fast pass for it. You have to make a reservation on this app. Well, you can't make the reservation on the app unless you're in the park. Or so they told us. So On that day. Yeah, yeah. on that day. It, didn't turn out that way. Um, it was a cluster, and a lot of people got booked on that ride. We weren't able to get on the ride, but our intention was let's give ourselves every opportunity to get on the ride. So let's follow the outline that they laid out for us, which included get there as the, before the park opens. When they let you through the front gates, then um, you can set up anywhere in the park, in theory, to get on this ride. But we didn't have a fast pass for smugglers run because they opened up fast passes at a random date in the middle of February mm-hmm. that they didn't broadcast. And so those fast passes filled up in like two seconds. We never knew. Um, so we're like, well, if we want to ride smugglers run, we're going to have to get in line for that early in the day so that we don't have a two hour wait. Um, so there was a twofold, because standing in line for two hours with your wife is one thing, but with your wife and three very little kids, that's a totally different experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's difficult. Um, and there, there are certain rides where it's made better. You know, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, like Smuggler's Run, it, if you're there at, when the park opens and you head straight for the Millennium Falcon ride, they're going the that line is going to move okay. a constant it's just going to be moving and you're just before you know it in 40 minutes or whenever you're going to be at the front of the line and ready to go um so that was the bright side of it the, the downside was that we didn't get on res- resistance but Imagine this. You have this pressure of trying to get on the only two rides in the park. Well, and yeah. <laughs> and then that's your first experience because then they start letting people in while this thing's going on with the app. And for for the listeners, here's here's the the rundown of how this goes. You you get into the park and it's like when the park opens, whatever's like eight o'clock or whatever it is, it's like they announce we're open. Get your boarding passes for Rise of the Resistance. So you go in the app and you, you know, try to get in a boarding group, and it's a virtual queue. It's basically mm-hmm. it's basically a lottery system, but um, but you have everybody sucking up the bandwidth of everything. So it's like the, you know, my cousin went and he was like, "Here's steps to you know you need to follow." You read all those as yeah. well, but anyway, so you you maybe you get at this boarding group and. Um, so that day that you were there, because you know you guys were, you know, uh, we saw tweets about us like, and then somebody said, "Oh, McClunky, McClunky." <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going on. That day was the day that there was a bug in the system mm-hmm. that was allowing people 
from because yes you're supposed to be and this is the way it's been working since it's been open is that you can only reserve boarding groups if you are in the park and checked in you know and everything and all your members are there but that day there was a bug that was allowing people to you know make boarding group reservations from seattle or wyoming or wherever and it's like people are just because a lot of people actually are I've, I've read up on this. People are like practicing for their time when they go to Rise of the Resistance. So it's like when the park opens, they're opening the app and they're trying to get on a boarding group just to get into that muscle memory of what you need to do. And that day it was like, oh, well, I'm on a boarding group. Yay. Let's up 10 people. Okay. And it was screwing all of you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. It was so, terrible. Uh, I mean, uh, like this was playing out in like this disaster of a, uh, scenario for us and we're like oh no it's not happening is it and, uh, so you know and, and when with something like that I mean you know, working you know, I'm a technical writer working in technology I understand bugs but I also understand that it, it didn't sound and we don't have to get into this but you know Disney could have done more for those people in the park to say hey you know what we're going to keep this ride open you know for however long to make sure that we accommodate you know people who are here mm -hmm. i mean when you tap into that thing god they know exactly where you are so they could tell if the gladows were you know checked into Mm -hmm. the park or versus the swobodas you know i mean so there's things they could have done it sounded like that wasn't handled well like i said we don't have to get into Mm -hmm. that i mean but um, all all it reminds me of is and i don't know uh, a few years back uh when washington washington dc when the National Museum of African American History and Culture opened up. And the demand was so high that the only way you could get in was you had to go on their website and get a reservation. It's free, but you have to get on the website at 5 o'clock in the morning when their system goes live. And I tried doing it one day. I tell you, I, I logged on at 5 o'clock. By 5.08, every pass for that day was gone. And well, the problem is, what you ideally would hope for is that, that Disney would have designed something for, okay, we got a group. No, we're expecting 10. We only get three. Okay, it's five minutes to go. Next seven in the line. Come on up or whatever. You know, do something so that you can acknowledge it. But that's just it. The well, whole idea is the app's supposed to make it better, easier, faster. And Well, oops. and Star Wars, Star Wars Celebration did something similar this year where the big panels, I mean, they didn't want people standing in line mm-hmm. overnight. Yeah. So, so there was, you know, at a certain point there was like you – it was a lottery system. You put your name into, you know, the lottery system. And then like, I didn't get into the, um, episode nine panel. I did get into, you know, a couple other panels, you know? So, um, and I understand it's like, it is like the, if, if it had worked for you, it is, it is, it is a pretty good idea because like Brittany and I are thinking about, you know, there, we we're just talking tonight. I mean, there are certain rides that I will stand in line for two hours for. There are some rides that I will not. Now, if I can use, you know, get into a virtual queue and say, hey, come back at 4.30 and you get in line for this ride so you can go about your business and do other things, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. It is. But the technology can't fail. And, you know, so that was... The, thing about, I'll, I'll, the one thing I'll say in their defense is that I'd heard that there were, um, they can accommodate something like 10,000 people a day Mm -hmm. on this ride. And there were like 
over 35,000 people in the park at 8 a.m. And so it's like your odds already are low, regardless of that glitch happening. That's nuts. You know? So, but it also goes to the point that you brought up earlier, the fact that there's only two rides at Galaxy's Edge. Well, let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. There's a number of experiences in Galaxy's Edge. Only two of them are included in the price of your ticket for entering. Everything else you must part with money. extra yeah. money. What, whether it's you're going to uh, buy a drink or buy a souvenir or buy one of the bigger experiences, it's going to cost you more. Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run are the only two that come with your you bought your ticket to Disney World that day, you went to Hollywood Studios, that's it's supposed to be included. And there so are, it puts a lot of greater pressure on you to experience at least those two. And the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get quit derailing your your uh your, your Oh, this is what it's all about. We're having a discussion uh, here. But um there are people who are saying, Come on, if I want to stand in line for four hours for this line you should at least have one line where those people can stand in line. And yeah, I, I can, I can see that mm-hmm. argument because there are some people who are like, you know, I've trained my kids for nine months to be able to stand <laughs> in line for four hours. We're ready. Diapers, yeah. I've, I've yeah, packed my bag full of, you know, Snack. juice boxes and snacks. We're good to go. This is the only thing we want to do. And you're telling me that I have, I can understand that, you know? Um, so I think there's there's got to be a happy middle ground there somewhere. I like the idea of the virtual queue as long as it works. Right. Particularly when it comes to people who have the season passes or maybe local or nearby enough to drive. You know, if you're one of those people who goes a dozen times to Disneyland or Disney World, you may not want to need to do the teacups every time. Or right. you might. You, <laughs> you know, that's might. But it's that idea of if you want to say, okay, I only want to come in and do Smuggler's Run and Rise of Resistance. And if I don't get on another ride, I'm fine. Giving you the chance to do that. So anyway, okay. Well, so I'll even dovetail off that a little bit and just say that, um, you know, speaking to something that you said earlier, which is like, oh, well, maybe some of the demand has died down. That wasn't my experience <laughs> at all. Um, and it's still the hot new thing. Yeah. Um, and that that's problematic for Star Wars fans because all these people who don't give one flipping McClunky. care, yeah. clunky care in the world about Star Wars are like, it's the hot ride. Both of it's the hot land to go to. Mm-hmm. I have to do it. Um, I heard probably a half dozen conversations along those lines when I'm like exiting the park and I'm hearing, Oh, yeah, I don't even like Star Wars, but, you know, we had to come here, and the Rise of the Resistance ride was great. And I'm like... You totally totally sounded like a South Park character You mother McClunky. I came here specifically to ride this. Um, This part of the... You know, honestly, this is part of the reason we booked the trip when we did. We were waiting for the Star Wars land to open up. And we're like, cool, this is now a thing. Um, can we save up our money? And then it was all about doing timing and everything else with the kids. Um, as every Louisiana resident knows, Mardi Gras week is a good week to go you're for right. us. Because you run into your friends and neighbors. Yeah, your kids are everybody's kids are out of school. Mm-hmm. So um, 
the week of Mardi Gras, if you're not from here, you, you and you go to Disney World, and you're like, why is everybody here from Louisiana? Well, there you go. They're, yeah, they're all from New Orleans. Yeah, because yeah. like my when my brother, my sister-in-law, my nephew went last November, they went Thanksgiving week. My sister-in-law's a teacher. She's off that week for Thanksgiving, and my nephew's out of school, so I was like, that's their week. Unfortunately for them, Rise of the Resistance didn't open until a week or so after they, they were going to visit. Yeah. So they only got to do Smuggler's Run. They're like... Would have loved to have been there for Rise of Resistance. The timing didn't work. Yep. So let's so let's back up. You're back yeah. in you're back in that tunnel and you go into Batu yeah. and it's not as magical, at least for us, as it could have been because we're under stress and pressure to try to get on these rides. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I guess what I would say going into it is if you can get a fast pass for smugglers run that will take some of that edge right off um you try to set that up in advance um i don't know if rise of the resistance at that point will have fast passes or not but um see i think yeah for for us because when we when we get there um that morning uh that we're going to galaxy's edge we've I've got the uh, Savvy's workshop at nine thirty, okay. um, and uh, then we've got uh, Olga's Cantina like at eleven, and I've got the Droid thing as well. So, I mean, so yeah, those are. And actually, I've I'll been wa- I've, I've been watching the the lines for mm-hmm. Smuggler's Run have not been all that horrendous, you know, kind of checking day to day. And again, I don't have. You know, my wife and I can decide if we want to stand in line or, you know, we either can or we can't, you know. but It got down under an hour and a half that afternoon, um, and there was some rain. I think that thinned it out a little bit, too. But, um, yeah, if you can get smugglers around booked prior to going, I think that would take a lot of the edge off. Yeah. Because then you're not like, I have to, like, immediately follow this herd of people. Because when they open the front gate, they assume everybody's going to smugglers run. And they just kind of herd everybody together towards that ride. Um, and if if you're not going to Smuggler's Run, you can just be like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to kind of wander in at my own leisure and take it all in, um, which I think would be a better experience. Mm-hmm. So you guys hustled so. then to Smuggler's Run. Yep. And how, how long did you wait in line? Yeah, I was under an hour. Okay. Yep. So... Uh, how was the experience so, while you guys were standing in line and queuing up to get in? That was great. Everybody was cool. There weren't people like trying to cut really or anything. So, but I want to I want to back up yeah. though. When you saw the Millennium Falcon, a full size yeah. Millennium Falcon in real life, I mean, I know you're under pressure to get on this ride stuff, yeah. but did I mean? All well, right. So I saw the giant Tie Interceptor thing, transport shuttle thing yeah. that they have there. Um, first. See, that means nothing to me. Well, I saw it and I'm like, well, that's impressive, you know, because it's huge. Um, you saw a few structures and buildings and things prior to seeing the, the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of ease into it. But yeah, when you first see the Falcon, it's like, it's the Falcon. They said they've actually, they said <laughs> they, they've, they've actually, um, it, like when you're coming in that main entrance, they've, They've angled it so it's like the exact same angle that you see in episode four. Oh, when Duck and Bay 94? Yeah. So it's like that same, you know. Shot. Shot. Yeah. 
They built it beautifully. And um, when you're winding in the line to get into the ride, it winds around the the ship so you get to see it from basically every angle and try to take pictures from every angle and um so it's um and there's some mini games that you can play on on the disney play app i think see um, and that's the other thing Britt and i talk about it's like that's a cue i would not mind spending time in because there's so much stuff to see so and man, right. it's it's not like space mountain where if you're stuck in space mountain for two hours you're in a hallway for two hours mm-hmm. i mean they've yeah. made it better with some interactive games to like but when you're like oh there's when you see well you can always look over your shoulder and see the millennium falcon it's just you know like yeah would be comfort you know it's kind of like there's some, a lot of rides like that there that are immersive in that way mm-hmm. like pirates is the same way the late the weight isn't so bad because you're like there's cool Looking stuff. Around. Yeah. Look at that pirate mm. ship over there. Um, so it's, it's very similar to that. Um, but like for us, it was incumbent that we get on that ride, or at least for me. <laughs> I'm like, right. I am riding that because we missed uh, rise. the rise uh, of the resistance ride. We're going straight to Smuggler's Run. We're getting on that ride. I'm making sure of it. Um, and so, yeah, we were motivated. But yeah, and I mean, the, you the, see the, 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 chest, the chess room, cool. All right, so the, if there's a disappointing aspect to um, getting on the ride, it's that you don't really walk up into the Falcon, right? Because you can't. I mean, I mean, right. they could have they could have probably set it up in such a way that you go up a ramp, go up but... some kind of ramp, you know, at some point, but there's no ramp, right? So you're just suddenly in the falcon you know and so like that part of it's a little disappointing for me but like it's recreated i mean it, it you're there um we took a picture at the chess table um the the hallway you know that curves around you know and at the the cockpit is immaculate um it's just do people play nice in the in the chess room i mean like do you have to say get out it's my turn now skippy or you know (laughs) i don't think it's functional to be honest i didn't see any holograms but no i mean but everybody wants their picture everybody wants their picture that's what i'm saying is like do you have people kind of play nice and like you know get out of the way and let people take their pictures or do you well you when you're in that part of quote-unquote the falcon um there's multiple boarding groups in there and you're all just kind of waiting for your turn. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got about five minutes in there to try to quick take pictures and see everything and do what you want to do. Um, And I I didn't think that was a problem. I think most people were able to kind of get in what they wanted Mm -hmm. to. So then you go into the cockpit. Yep. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. um, It's crazy. Um, I was just cackling like, um, I don't know. I don't know what, but I have this video. Maybe I'll pull it up (laughs) of me just cackling like a madman uh, because I was enjoying myself so much. And we we just kept crashing into things Mm -hmm. because we had my four-year-old pilot in the ship. <laughs> you want to let her drive the car, you let her fly the Falcon. So, sorry, I'm going to have to back up a little bit further. I've heard that the animatronics for Hondo mm-hmm. is amazing. Yep, they're great. Yep. Um, the, uh, they're up the top of the line, the best, some of the best in the park. Um, 
I was impressed with the stuff on Star Tours. They really upped that, yeah. too. Um, the Frozen Ride has really good animatronics. But those are the only ones that had come up spring to the mind that are comparable. Cool. Yeah, because um, okay, I was just thinking, one of, I mean, that's a smart way of making the time fly by. Because if you're standing in line surrounded by the Falcon or inside the Falcon, and everything looks cool and you want to touch and sit and take a million photographs, you're not looking at your watch. Yeah. You're not looking like, okay, when is my turn to go next? But then once you get into a cockpit, I believe I'm correct in saying it's pairs of twos, by which I mean it's cockpit, it's six people, two people pilot, one up and down, one left, right, two gunners, one left and right, and then two two engineers engineers. who are supposed to just be pushing a button whenever some breaks. Yep. Which, you know what? Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm, going to say this, and this is me putting Mm. my expectations at the door because... I know there's a fairly good chance that I'm going to be an engineer on this ride, but it's like still stop and think you're in the flipping millennium Falcon cockpit, mm. you know, fly, just enjoy the dang ride, mm. you know, yeah. and push your button when you get a push. Right. Button. I'm sorry. You don't get to pull the lever to go to hyperspace. Yeah. it would be kind of cool. But I mean, you, you were saying you're an engineer and you were cackling the whole time. Mm. I think there's a lot of people who are like, what about the engineer? Like they're Charlie Brown going, right. I got a rock. <laughs> You know, it's like for that's kind of like the same thing. Well, then get off the ride. Right. And let me get on a well, second time. The one thing I was going to say is I'm kind of the only thing I'm surprised by the rides that they don't have the gunner positions up at the top and the bottom, you know, because that would have been a good way to fit two yeah. more people into the ride. And imagine like, OK, we don't you know we don't put you inside the cockpit, but we put you inside the seat and you get to start shooting at TIE fighters. There you go. Center. You need to be an Imagineer there, Fredo. <laughs> I agree. That would have been sweet. Yeah, you would have been like, just imagine you up top, Nate at the bottom. Next thing you know, you're just shoot blasting away at that side fighters. I'm sure it has everything to do with having to crawl up a ladder. Yeah, yeah. yeah people falling. People yeah. falling. That's always going to be an issue. The mouse doesn't like getting sued. Yeah, I know. But what I was going to say is, yeah, it's even whatever position you're at, because what's interesting is sometimes if you're in a big enough group, you can select what role you end up in. But if you're by yourself or you're just a couple of people, you may not. And I believe it's by cards, right, Dave? That you know you. you yeah, group... they just hand these cards out to your group, mm-hmm. um, and you're all one of the same color. Um, but they just like here here are the cards for your group, and they just give them to you one by one. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, threw a fit because she wanted to be a gunner, <laughs> and it was, she was originally going to be a pilot, so it was going to be. My two daughters piloting the ship, crashing us into everything. You and Kate going, oh, this is the way driving is going to come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so she just melted down, and it was like, Kate was like, fine, I'll switch with you. And I'm like, I'll switch with you. <laughs> <laughs> did not say that. Let me, let me a, take the bullet on this yeah, one yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, I totally did because I was like, I'm getting to blow $200 on a lightsaber later. But um, Mm. it was, um, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. No matter where you're sitting in that cockpit, it's fun. I will just add the line that my brother did because it was him piloting along with his wife. He said, I was a guy flying, not going, not taking us up and down. And his wife was the one crashing us into everything. So So if you you got a good partnership, you could be good. The thing I heard in the last about week or so it, news is that there is a Chewbacca hack. 
Ooh, have you heard about is. this? It's oh, confirmed. yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. watched the video of it. You, it's like everybody has to, like the pilots have to put their their uh, maneuver, whatever, their joysticks in a certain thing, and the gunners have to push a certain button, and the engineers have to push a certain button. And then instead of Hondo talking to you, telling you what to do, you just have Chewbacca going the whole, yeah, the whole, the whole time. time. And so you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. And, but you don't but care. The, these people were just <laughs> laughing the entire time. They said it was the best experience. So yeah, it's a Chewbacca hack. It's if you go to, I know if you go to Fanta Tracks, that's uh, FanthaTracks.com. That's one of the sites I go to. They've got a video Ooh, of a group of people who, who did the uh, Chewbacca hack. I've seen people recommend not doing that on your first ride. Well, right, because you have no idea what you're supposed to do. And I would agree with that because, like, Hondo's telling us what to do. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, because he'll remind you if you're, like, asleep at the wheel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I got a flashing button over here on my left. I need to push the flashing button. And it's like, okay, thanks for that, Hondo. But Chewie would just be like, you know, so... So the did the kids dig the Falcon then? Yeah, Falcon they loved ride? it. Yeah. Um, and again, though, I, I kind of compare it to Star Tours in that it's a very similar experience where you're, you feel like you're there and you feel, feel like you're moving you around. You feel like you're moving around and you're not. Um, but the visuals are very similar. And um, our kids loved both experiences probably fairly equally. Um, the Falcon, though, is just, it's a little more interactive because you're actually pushing buttons right. and pulling levers and stuff. Sure. So, um, and plus, it's the Falcon, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for like us, the, the, the three of us sitting around this yes. table, there's something yeah. a little extra special about that. So, yeah, partic- but like I said, particularly when you grab that lever and you go to hyperspace. So then, uh, I'm gonna pull up this video just so you can hear me cackling for a second. <laughs> no, no, I think that's you know while while Dave pulls that up, I was just thinking, and that's one of the interesting things that I was just thinking comparing it to Star Tours because I've been to Star Tours, and I've I enjoyed it, but I found it to be very passive because you're a passenger. Right. I imagine it's a lot more. It's a bit different when you're actually well it's like the wheel it's like taking mission space combined with star tours yeah Mm -hmm. because mission space everybody's i mean you just have to push a button but you each have a role to right to do yeah so it puts you in a a position where you're not just focusing on the ride you're focusing on your mission and i believe you actually get scored on how much how well you did how well you piloted how much damage you did to the falcon etc so there's a score at the end of the game. The there is, and like it's the it's the money, and they and they it's said the it credits, also, they, and Hondo subtracts the damage from that you do to the Falcon out of your cut. And this is supposed to follow you through the parks. Is that I mean, there's supposed to be a way that like you know the, the yeah we cast didn't go members down that were, road at all. We just so. didn't have the time for it. But yeah, there's you like, can track that stuff, and you can like you get a score over time too. You can continually ride this thing and improve your ranking, mm-hmm. so to speak, which is kind of cool. But I don't know if you want to know what Harper's ranking was after crashing y'all. Oh, it probably wasn't that great. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pure joy. 
can't help laughing when your daughter is just crashing the ship repeatedly. <laughs> at that moment, all the troubles of the day just went away. Yeah, for me anyway. They, yeah, yeah, you're like just you're just in the moment enjoying it. So then, uh, so you get off the Falcon. Then what came next? Um, at that point, we were killing time. Um, so um, we kind of explored the rest of the park. Um, we were trying to rally a little bit at that point. I had my lightsaber um, Savvy's workshop appointment um, at I think ten or eleven. Um, so we had like couple of hours there um and not a lot of rides to ride mm -hmm. at uh galaxy's edge so we ended up exploring some of the rest of the park oh, okay. there was a frozen sing-along thing that we did and uh, there's like a little incredibles area where you can meet the incredibles characters and so we did that stuff but then me at one point um it, it came close to time to being to do savvy so we we divided up at that point and I, get, I got my son Nate uh, and we went over to Savvy's and we did that um, and so that was the next experience that we did um, so you told us that you hadn't chosen which of the lightsabers you were going to do you were going to wait till day off yeah so what kind of prompted you to go with the one you picked yeah that's a good question um, so there were two so for anybody who hasn't um, done it or doesn't know much about it. It's like the Savvy's Workshop experiences. You, um, again, this is one of those things that costs extra, so you need to know that going in. It's like two hundred dollars, um, so it's not cheap. Um, but when you go in, it's a lightsaber building experience. Um, but it's more of even a like a kind of a ceremony in the mm -hmm. way that they build it up with. Uh, it's like building a lightsaber and getting your Eagle Scout type of thing yeah. yeah yeah it's really like that a lot um and so they give you the different no offense to any eagle scouts out there <laughs> i didn't mean to demean your no, no. wonderful achievement but eagle scouts you might be jedi knight you just don't know it yet well you know they, you know you'd be both right? yeah. exactly um so there, there are all these uh you get different choices and stuff that you can do um so the let me go through this but Let's see, my battery's almost dead, but I'll I'll just list through these right quick. Peace and justice, power and control, elemental nature, protection and defense. And those are the different like hilt designs essentially mm -hmm. that you can pick from. And you get to pick different pieces um, and assemble them in a, in a particular way. You basically have two choices at every level. Um, and the, the sabers composed of um four uh pieces i like how he's looking into his mind's eye right now and he's yeah. got he's, this he's, lightsaber he's... right behind him <laughs> <laughs> no no but he's remembering okay how many pieces go you got the chassis got the kyber crystal you got one two what three, i'm saying two. is that he's sitting there right trying there. to remember he could just pick the thing up and look at it but anyway well, you have seven pieces actually yeah with the got, with the blade right yeah you got the blade you got the freaking battery pack you got the the kyber crystal so, here, let me do, let do this. So, I brought the saber with me. Because you kind of have to, I mean, it's be fair. And so, um, having to decide which design, my son originally gravitated towards the Sith. The power and control. <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you surprised? No. <laughs> um, uh, but I wanted us to do it together, actually. I didn't want to just 
drag him along for the ride. I mm-hmm. wanted him to be a part of the experience. Um, he's a little young still to just trust him with a two hundred dollar souvenir, but um, I wanted him to be a part of the building of it mm-hmm. at minimum. So um, we settled on um, uh, peace, uh, peace, and justice, peace and justice, which is the Jedi one, and it it's, looks like a more classic. Um, Luke from Return of the Jedi kind of um, Anakin Skywalker semi sort of look. Um, it so it's a good look. Um, it was his second choice. It was my first choice. So that's what we went with. Um, but we both individually came upon the color green. Hmm. Um, he he wanted to do green because all the kid savers that we have at our house we didn't have a green one. Um, I wanted to do green because since I was seven years old, I wanted a green lightsaber. And I never had a green lightsaber in my whole life. <laughs> and so that was like extra meaningful that we both independently came to green that way. Um, and I'll try not to get too choked up over that. <laughs> but um, so the, there's this experience where you get to build it. You do know why there is a green lightsaber in I do Star know, Wars lore, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's because they're filming in Arizona and they realized that a blue lightsaber against a blue sky wasn't going to work. Right. So that's how decisions are made, kids. Anyway. But still, as a kid, you don't know that. No. Oh, you see, it's oh, you see, it's a green lightsaber, which also worked as a good way of telling you this is a different lightsaber than the one he lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a red lightsaber. Way to retcon that there, Fredo. Good job. You know, that's, look, look, I'm thinking like George Lucas here. I had a red lightsaber as a kid, but, you know, and I don't want to be ungrateful for that, but I always, there was something magical about the green for me because I never had it. I'd never seen one, really. I think I saw them in Walmart, and we're talking about those wiffle bat sabers right. from mm-hmm. when we were kids, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but I always wanted one, so... And the whole experience, I mean, from the moment now, because the interesting thing is while you're outside picking, you do have the first order stormtroopers walking around. So did you get to experience that where they may kind of shut down and make it look like it's not a, it's yeah, not because, what it because, is? Because it's kind of a, uh, yeah, it's kind of a black market type of a deal. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, we... Um, An underground thing. I, I didn't experience it personally, but I saw it play okay. out. And yeah, it's very like true to the script basically because they do that all day to Mm -hmm. everybody that they encounter and they're you know their whole spiel is like well that better be you better be like an antique collector uh you know and you're not planning to use that are you you know Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing and it's fun um so we didn't get arrested or anything so the whole experience kind of goes from start to finish then it's about what 20 minutes give or take yeah probably under a half hour um they give you enough time though to kind of you don't have to go in knowing exactly what you're pick your do. pieces yeah. now hurry yeah, yeah, hurry yeah. come on yeah yeah they, they come give, on kid let's go we're closing they give you time to screw them the pieces together and and to decide if you like the way that it looks and and that thing but you do have to pick a theme before you go in yeah and then at one point during the ceremony they ask you to close your eyes and you know just like take in the force or whatever and then sounded dirty and, and in your mind's eye basically envision which kyber crystal you want but we we'd already decided that we were going to do green and but i did ask nate at that po- point too i was like are we still doing green buddy and he's like yeah we're doing green so 
Um, and this is this whole experience. Um, I, I wanted to do. I did want to point out they do have like the legacy sabers for sale there mm-hmm. as well. So if somebody wants a lightsaber that looks like Luke's Sky, Skywalker's or Anakin's or whatever, you can buy that as well there. Um, you don't get the experience. You don't. It, they're they're cheaper yeah. than, but uh, yeah, you just don't get. They're the, a little bit cheaper, but much. they don't come with the blade either. They yeah, you have to pay for the blade. Yeah. yeah, so it's like once you factor in that extra cost for that, um, and it's like for me personally, it was so much more meaningful to just build this thing mm-hmm. that's special. I always remember that this. I built this with my son, and we right. built this thing together, and. Um, they activate it for you at the very end. Once you've screwed all the pieces together and you put your kyber crystal in, you do everything, uh, they ask you to back up away from it, but then they basically attach the blade in, in kind of a, um, subtle way that you don't really see them attaching the blade, but they're attaching the blade. Um, and then everything at all at once, everybody activates their saber and lifts it up. Um, and then Yoda does kind of a voiceover for and the you. The music swells yes. and at that moment. And everybody cries and, and gasps. And and it's, um, I cannot express like how cool it was to experience that. For, for people of our generation, like that, that was just. So, so Disney hit that one out of the park. Then. I agree. Yes. Yeah, they did. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I can't say enough about it. I know that I, you will get asked about your saver if because you, you have to carry it around with you the rest of the day. You can um, store it. They have an option for that. Um, but most yeah, people... Britt, and I, Britt and I are staying on the re, at, at a resort in the mm-hmm. park, so we'll probably just have it sent to yeah. my room. I'm not going to. Because is there any problems with carrying it onto rides? Nope. Okay. See, because that'd be my one concern is, is say if you're not staying at a resort or within the park, that you now have to carry this rather expensive souvenir that you're emotionally attached to. But hey, I also want to get on Splash Mountain. I also want to get or Tower of Terror. Yeah. And I think if people are riding those kinds of rides, like coaster rides Mm -hmm. afterwards, they're going to be more difficult. Yeah. Um, they'll find it more difficult trying to carry that thing around. But. And by the way, so you do, I mean, you get the saber, it comes with a blade and it also comes with a carrying bag. Mm-hmm. So that's something I didn't realize. My brother-in-law brought his, um, when we were back for Christmas, cause you know, they had just gone a couple months prior. I didn't realize you got this nice little padded bag for it. So now you can buy a different one if you want. I know I've seen, well, of the course great, you can. They, well, yeah. of course <laughs> they'll sell you a, a newer version, but they have a different color gray one. If you want to buy it, but it's like for, you know, the fact of what you want it to do and for what it does, I think this one does fine. Yeah, it's not the like highest quality bag, but it's basically, it's got like a pool noodle in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, the styrofoam <laughs> to protect the thing. Um, the blades are pretty high quality. They're heavy. Um, That's one thing I realized. Yeah. The, the hilt is very heavy. Um, the blade itself is yeah, reasonably strong. So I just I just got my Vader one off of my wall. Oh, just yeah. notice the weight difference. I mean, because yeah. the one from Galaxy's bit. Edge is a lot heavier. Is it the same size in terms of yeah. hilt size? Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that this is not a video podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah. 
I, I, think I people, see your Schwartz is as big <laughs> as mine. That's one of my favorite lines ever. Uh, let's see how well you handle it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got this saber from my students actually one year. So the yeah. Vader. Hey, we can have five. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Okay, that's what I was interested in. Right on. Okay. There is good. There's a good timing and reaction. You know, reaction time for the clashing. Yeah. Because that's one of the things I was like, because obviously the moment you and Nate come out, the one thing you want to do is swing it around. <laughs> now, I'm sure they tell you, please don't do that too much. But at the same time, you want to know that when you're swinging, yeah, was it there makes a, the sound. That when was it, there an army of LARPer nerds like just running around, just <laughs> like having a big LARPing well, contest? They, you know what they do? That I know that they have like um, tweet ups. Mm-hmm. Now, lightsaber tweet-ups where they everyone who's gotten a saber, they get we can, together. We can start that here. It'll be you and I. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sundown. I don't know what, what time of day this happens or if it happens every day. But backyard. <laughs> everybody essentially who built a saber over the course of the day gets together at the end of the day after yeah. the sun has gone down and they do some kind of a ceremony where they and I'm sorry. Sabers. So it's bright suns is good morning. What's the good the evening? Moon, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, because what's I always figure because what's interesting is every person. I mean, there's only. I mean, I've heard them say they're going to add few more types to going forward at some point. But right now, it's the four types that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Each one has two different variants. And you can now buy the extra parts. Oh, yeah, you're allowed to buy. I think for a while they're allowing you to buy all the other parts yeah. for like twenty bucks each. I think they kind of limited to okay, you can only buy so many of the type that you initially picked. Right. So you can't buy, say, the Rancor Tooth hilt from the Elemental Nature one to switch out your cap. Right. But uh, what I was going to say is, even though it's only eight types in total, it's, there's a lot of meaning for people when they pick which type they pick and which styles they pick. They get very attached to the choices that they made. Yeah. I, I'm very attached to it already. And um, there's... there's Phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. Always phrasing. Um, you can you can pull the kyber crystal out and replace it, which mm-hmm. is cool. The During the ceremony itself, they only give you four choices of color, mm-hmm. um, but you can get a different color later on. Mm-hmm. I think um, they do They do ask people if they go, say, to Doc Ondars, where you can buy the other types, they ask them not to use them. At, during the ceremony because right. they want to avoid somebody going like, well, I wanted a, uh, a, a white, a white or, one or, or a yellow one yeah. or, or the rare black, <laughs> which yeah. isn't black. It's... Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you need to respect that. I'd say if you go, don't stash a kyber in your pocket to try to swap it in during the ceremony because you're going to piss, you're going to piss the people working there off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's no big deal to sub it in later. That's mm-hmm. why they're designed the way they mm-hmm. are. I mean, Disney wants your money. Um, they, you know, if you want to go back <laughs> and buy a truckload of kyber crystals at 15 bucks a pop, they'll be more than glad to sell them to you. But you asked if it's worth it, and that's the thing. Like, you get asked when you carry it around the park. People will want to stop you. They may want to see it. But they mostly just want, it was it worth it? Was it worth it? You know, because they're thinking about doing it. Because yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to me, it's an experience that you don't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like it, you can spend $200 to go to a concert that lasts two hours, two hours and you're never going to hear it again. Yeah. But that experience of saying, man, I saw 
this group live lives with you forever. And I right. mean, so it's, you know, it's not like they take your $200, kick you in the monkey and tell you to go away. I mean, you get to go home with something that is going to be with you forever. You know, there's gonna be a lot of McClunkies in this episode. <laughs> That's cool. That's all right. But, but what I was going to say is because when you look at it from the standpoint of buying the legacy lightsabers, like they were saying, the difference in price, Which I, I mean, might be saving my money for, but anyway, but, but the point <laughs> being, you know, there's not that much difference in price. From some of them, like actually, I want to say, Asajj Ventress is one, and it's two hundred dollars, and that's you're getting two, and right? And Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's yeah. you're getting two. It's also two hundred dollars. So right there, same price, but you're not getting the experience. You're getting two really nice looking blades, and these things don't um, they don't operate the same way if you don't have the blade in. Yeah, if you take uh, it out. like if you take the blade out. It doesn't do anything. It misfires. <laughs> yeah, it misfires. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, it's kind of funny in and of itself. You know, yeah. Okay, I'm holding just the hilt right now. Yeah. Yeah, you can totally tell the weight. I mean, yeah, it's, it. it's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, this is. Again, I'm glad that you're carrying it around, and you know that you know when Nate wants to play with it, you're there because. And he's, he, you can do some damage if he whacks one of his sisters over the head with that. Yeah, it's, that's uh, hospital visit. Yeah, the saber quality overall, I'm really happy with. Mm -hmm. But I know, I know there are enthusiasts that will, you know, will buy the, you know, deluxe brand off the internet that you know run three hundred dollars or whatever, and mm -hmm. they're like, that's so much better and it's so much more authentic, and you don't see the seams and this and that and the other. Um, and then there are other people that do the combat, um, you know, sparring. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, well, these blades won't hold up to that. And I'm like, well, yeah, no, they won't. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what they're for. Yeah, uh, you, you didn't all of a sudden start studying Kenpo, did you, to, to become a lightsaber master at 3 o'clock in the morning? But it will hold up to me and my son, yeah. uh, you know, swinging them at each other without, you know, trying to break them in two. So. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I'm really happy with it. Right on. I, I can't. I can't wait. So, mm -hmm. so did did you go to Doc Ondors? You know, that was one of the ones we missed. I mean, um, and I I think that it's like because apparently the Ark of the Covenant is in there. It is in there. Everything's in there. <laughs> and we didn't even get in there, and but but everything else is in there. And uh, um, at some point, I'm going to get more Kybers. I think just for novelty's sake. Are you um, gonna get the holocrons with it to get a yeah, search Yeah, well, you gotta get a holocron, right? Mm -hmm. It used to make you buy the holocron, I think, with the. Well, fiber. when when the initial came out, you could buy, yeah. you know, just kyber crystals. But then I think there was such a run on them yeah. that they started limiting to, okay, you can only get one with a kyber crystal. I mean, with a holocron, whether Jedi yeah. says. But yeah, that that would be my one worry is that I go into Doc Ondors and be like, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. All of a sudden, I'm coming out with something. Worth twice as much as there are as, a lot. Uh, yeah. savvies. There are a lot of shopping stalls too that aren't Doc Ondors. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. the where you can there's like um, the Toydarian right. toy, toy makers. makers. Yeah. Yeah, and then there you know there's places where you can which like, I saw today you can buy chance cubes. Mm -hmm. You know oh, that, they got them that, back in that, stock. That, that Watto, you know. Yeah, they had them. Yeah. In, they had them released when the park came out, but I think again, those became kind of like. Oh, cool! It's relatively cheap, and it's an awesome souvenir. And they just ran out. I wonder if they're weighted. <laughs> <coughs> I have to try them. 
But, uh, yeah, there's so many different places that you can just kind of... It's like a bazaar. Mm-hmm. This certain section of the of the place is like just little mini shops. It almost seems to me to look like a little bit like Animal Kingdom with Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. painted on top of it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that whole Asia area. But anyway. Did you get to try any of the food? Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. So we, we made a reservation. Again, It's um, we made a reservation at Oga's. Mm-hmm. And um, it's recommended that you do that um, because they can't guarantee everybody that wants to go in there can get in there. Um, our experience there was very mixed <laughs> <laughs> because our kids were tired. Um, and <laughs> and you guys needed a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, An actual drink. <clears throat> making a reservation does not guarantee you a table or... Mm seating right you might which with three tired you you might be standing in a corner Mm. right um it's just an occupancy thing Mm. and so you can make a reservation and you get in and that might be back in college where you (laughs) you're just standing around and holding a drink yeah elbow to elbow with random (laughs) people (laughs) you don't know (laughs) listening to music (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. And it wasn't like particularly rowdy in there or anything. It wasn't like it was kid inappropriate. But um, if you do have kids with you, they're probably, you need to bear that in mind. There's going to be some drunk people in there. There's going to be drunk people and there's not going to be room for them necessarily to spread out or sit and down chill out or, or run, run around or, yeah or run around yeah i mean it was it was really awkward they were acting out um we bought them non-alcoholic drinks and a snack and they were just not into it um so we had to cut that really short um so be, bear that in mind if you have kids what, what did you have uh, I had the what was the thing called the smuggler's shot or whatever, uh, or it was God. What was it called? Mm-hmm. I have to look it up. No, I have to look up the drinks. <laughs> but uh, the drinks were great. I mean, they're they're all pretty fruity, right? So if you like fruity drinks, fruity cocktails, then you're in Florida, so it makes sense that the cocktails will be fruit uh, fruit uh, juice rich. But it also helps, you know. That's what they give their kids. It's just fruit juice. Yeah. Then you got the. Uh... <laughs> They've got the, like four four beers that just look really kind of not that great, but, but you can but you can get a flight where that's the Rancor teeth. You know, I'm yeah. like, come on, man! You know you're getting that. You know you're getting that. You're going to be doing that, aren't you? Yes. Well, most likely. That's <laughs> yeah, like no, no, that's not a most likely. <laughs> that's that's why, you know, I, I teach lessons on Saturday. I've been rat holing my you know my money. So no, um, if I get that, that when I saw that, I was like, oh, that looks cool. The uh, tiki mug with the Battle of Endor around it. That's like. <gasps> I was really, I was like, really like wanting to get the fuzzy tauntaun until I realized it was peach. And I was like, eh, mm. I'm not really a peach fan. Yeah. So. And then which is the one? The one with the porg? I don't know. The, yeah, no, they have one that's like a porg tiki mug, which are like, I mean, the drink itself is like $15 and then the, the mugs are another 20 25 but. Yeah, like I said, I think we're doing Olga's like about noon or something like that. So it might be the right time because oh. you might be at that point. You might need some fruit juice. Like Eleven and or noon or something like that. Yeah, it's right. late morning, very early afternoon. I know. So jet juice. That jet was juice. The, that was the thing I had, and it was a little small thing, but it was meant to be potent. I think. 
<laughs> well, they weren't expecting people from New Orleans, probably. Yeah. During like, Mardi Gras yeah. these, these people, you know, we, we practice day drinking, you know, so. But the non-alcoholic drinks were good, okay. um, too, so. Did you get to try the Banta milk? I did, yeah. Okay. They had a milk stand. Um, and it's on the dining plan. So people who are on the Disney dining plan. So is, is it a snack then? Does it count yeah, as a snack? it'll count oh, as a snack. Okay, that's good to know. Yep. yep. Um, I'm guessing the snack plan didn't include the, the light-up bottle. But but even because you can get alcohol and non-alcoholic, is it only the non-alcoholic on the snack plan? Well, I'm talking is... about the, the blue milk and the green milk. Right, you can get with... With alcohol, with, with you alcohol. can get alcoholic ad, and I don't know if you can do that at the milk stand or if you have to be at yeah, Ogas. Oh, okay. You may have to be at Ogas just yeah. because limitations. Because Ogas is like one of the only two places in the whole park that you can get an actual alcoholic drink. Right? Mm, or, well, there's a, actually there's a craft brewery place uh, in Hollywood Studios, um, right. and I know Epcot Center, like the restaurants, will have alcohol. Yeah, but, it's uh, even Magic Kingdom is now starting okay. to get some. Because if you get that many parents, but, they need a drink. But anyway, well, right. So the blue. So you tried the blue milk. I did. I had to go blue milk. Um, mm. Yeah. And well, why would you do green milk? Yeah, I know. I just, you know, I mean, people say the green milk. Some people say the green milk tastes better. So that would probably influence some Luke people's didn't thinking. Didn't drink green milk. He didn't drink green milk. Yeah, I went blue milk all the way. It was good. What's what, the what's the flavor profile like? Um, God, everything was sweet. So every drink that you would drink there was sweet. You so a was, bottle of water afterwards. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, bring you know get water um, after that too. What was cool about it was that it did have kind of that milky um, mouthfeel. So like a little thicker than like a watery drink, you know. Um, it had kind of a what is that the umami kind okay. of thing going on there that was similar to milk. So that was cool, but it was sweet. So definitely didn't taste anything like milk at all. Um, so uh, in this in this whole area, um, you know, the whole thing was everybody talking about. We mentioned the word earlier was immersion. That yeah, they're just saying it's the most immersive experience in Disney that you're going to get, or probably in any park. Do you think that they lived up to that when you because on your trip mm-hmm. you went to the other parks? You know, yeah. um, do you? you feel like you know you were lost for a few moments when you were in galaxy's edge did you actually were you yeah you think they got the immersion part right yeah absolutely and did they does it feel like star wars or does it feel like disney did star wars oh it feels like star wars um i i don't want to overstate it because again because you're going right right um but for me, well, it's already been overhyped in, in, you know, <laughs> yeah. from the get go. That's what, like I said, that's why you're, uh, that's always been my fear is that I'm going to get there and it's going to be like, eh, it's all right. And yeah. I have to, I have to say too, like in terms of like our whole day, we didn't spend the whole day there. We kept hopping in and out of the park, mm-hmm. but that didn't like take us out of it. We were, we were just back, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, we're back, you know, and it, we're good to go. So like, the immersion is like complete when you're there. Other than the fact that you're surrounded by, you know, yokels from Wyoming or wherever, you know, or Louisiana. With all respect to the people in Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and with no respect for the people from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you're, you know, your environment is just spot on. Because 
I'm trying to think because one of the things they do is they everything's via credits, right? Yeah, you, know, you got to pay credits. You don't pay cash. You don't pay card. They ask you, you how many? They tell you how many Republic credits it is. Yeah. Yes and no. So they kind of. It's your choice. All right. All right. Yeah, you can go in there with. Why the, am I? Why am I having a flashback to the? Uh, there were no. There was no silverware in medieval, <laughs> medieval times. Time. So therefore, there is no silverware in medieval times. Would you like a refill on your Pepsi? Yeah. <laughs> I had no. Pepsi, but they didn't have silverware. Best friends forced to do battle. No, recent events, since I remember when I went to Universal Studios and I went to Wizarding World. And that was one of the interesting things when you go to some of the shops and some of the places, the, the cast actually work really hard at Oh, you know, selling you on the idea of the immersion. They use yeah. the verbiage. They use the language. They know, oh, you're using your muggle, whatever. You know. So the idea of, and it might be easier for them to do than necessarily Star Wars, which has no like for like. Yeah, comparison. that's why I think the Bright Suns thing was like, really? You know, I mean, they it, mm. it's cool, but it just seems like that was, we got to make up something because we can't say good morning, you know? I don't know. But that's just it. It's like, there's, there's got to be a balance for them of, okay, how much... How much can we make it immersive versus, okay, now we're just sounding kind of goofy. What but about it's, the, your, it's your choice. What about the thermal yeah. detonator Coca-Cola? I didn't do that. Oh, you I didn't get any? One. You want, want one? one? Yes, yeah. I want one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they say that's the cheapest souvenir you can get, $3 a bottle. Oh. Now, the problem is you got to, you know, if you're driving back, it's easier. If you're flying back. You can, you, you can now take it on the plane from what I understand. Okay. They'll, they'll let you, they'll let you through security with it. Because the lightsaber, that's your carry on. Because the thermal detonator is not actually a thing. So. <laughs> I don't, also don't want to um, gloss over the other food that we had, which was the Docking Bay restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Um, Whatchamacallit, Ronco's Roaster or something like that? Or? Well, that's a different one. Oh, okay. The Roaster's place is like a coffee joint. Oh. Um, and so that you could go in there and get some decent coffee. Yeah, it's I think. Docking Bay, something or other. Uh, Forty-seven, I think. You don't need a reservation for that. That's just a quick service. Yeah, quick thing. service. All right. That's good. Um, and that's covered by the quick service on the dining plan too. Mm. Um, Actually, the Ronto Roasters is one of the dishes. It's like sausage and, and a wrap, pork. And, kind of yeah, well, there's a Roasters, yummy. whatever. I don't know, remember the name of the place, but there is a coffee, basically a coffee themed place too. So if you need um, coffee, uh, you know, after running around trying to get to the guy, you know, yeah, right, and smugglers run, <laughs> you know, you're already apt up. Let's let's give you some caffeine. Come on now. Um, but the Doggy Bay restaurant was good, and there's an overhang where you can look down at the kind of the main promenade area where the mm-hmm. Falcon is parked, and where like, you know, Kylo and the stormtroopers patrol and so you can kind of just like look down and people watch and take things cool. in from up there that's cool um the food was really good there i liked it a lot as far as quick service at disney goes you really really hit or miss right mm-hmm. it's um chicken tenders and french fries yeah and or or, or yeah. you can get a lobster roll if you go to the right place right um so like this was on the higher end of that um kids so that liked it yeah <laughs> okay so this time they were hungry they were right yeah that's good yeah and and so um but i guess back to the point that i was gonna make which is about just the whole immersion of it um like we got off to a like on the wrong foot because of the rise of the resistance thing but then we're like okay we're just gonna try to enjoy the rest of our day um and kate got our kids into the jedi training 
Um, and so that look took all the sting from not getting on that ride, just totally washed it away. Um, and like for, for me at least, and for the kids, I think, um, just getting to see them, you know, fight Darth Vader, you know, and do all that was amazing. And like, again, that's, that takes place outside of, um, galaxy's edge. Right. It's over by, um, uh, star Star tours. Tours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, is that also where they do the dance sequence? Well, they used to do that video. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That put us back in the right frame of mind or at least for me it did and so from that point forward i'm like all right this is awesome and we ended up back in august and they're they're like freaking out and melting down later and it had rained that added some atmosphere um for us anyway um and it just i don't know like at that point i'm like you know what you guys can melt down and i know we're gonna have to leave in you know, in the next 90 seconds because you're melting down, but I'm still going to take those 90 seconds and enjoy myself and just bathe in this because it's incredible. Um, and I, you know, I, I'd say for any star Wars fan, uh, it's a must. I really is. Well, you know, and that's what Brittany and I've always talked about. I mean, I know people have their problems with Disney and this, that, and the other, but as far as theme parks are concerned, Disney, I guess I haven't seen Harry Potter, Harry Potter world, but Disney gets theming, right? They don't really do anything half McClunkied, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it's like, and this just took it to another level, you know, it's like, because when they, when they do make cues, it's not just, you know, a cattle line. Like if you're at six flags or something, I mean, you're, you know, you're in the seven dwarfs, you know, you know, land, home, you know, you're, right. you know, you're, you in know, Andy's there's, you're, right. There's Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox, you know, it's, you, they immerse you, they give you stuff to look at. And this, they just like said, just amped it up to 11. You I know, agree it seems with like, that. Um, Epcot would could be the thing that comes closest for me. But even with Epcot, there are moments where you're like, that's kind of a rinky tank looking pagoda mm-hmm. over there that doesn't look like the real thing you can um, you can tell where the where the, uh, where the fine line kind of stopped and okay yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I can it's almost see behind there and there's right. nothing back there mm-hmm. you know yeah like so there are moments of that with Epcot that aren't there with Galaxy's Edge for mm-hmm. me anyway mm-hmm. I didn't see any sort of cracks in the facade now it's going to be interesting because I've read somewhere that they actually had more missions planned for smugglers run like i want to say they have planned up to four i think that's coming they're, so they're, just, they're already in mind yeah. what they're going to do to keep it not just relevant but front of people's minds make people who've been there okay come back you want to come back the fact that it's now on fast pass that will help mm-hmm. um you know and like i said they yeah get more um missions and kind of mix it up a little bit mm-hmm. but i i still think it'd be like I'm still on the Millennium Falcon, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm doing the exact same thing. You know, it's <laughs> it's going to be cool. So, um, well, cool. Um, any last thoughts on galaxy's edge, anything we didn't hit on that you wanted to bring your monies. Yeah. Bring your money. Everything costs money. Um, and I think it's smart to go in with a budget. Um, and like for me, I was extreme with it because I knew we couldn't devote the entire day to it and we were only going to be there the one day 
Um, so I was like, well, let me make sure I do what I really want. And when that was the lightsaber building. Right. And, and I was like, that's $200. I'm good. You know, I'm not going to spend any other money that I don't have to beyond that. But, um, you know, everybody's going to be different. Um, there's so many cool things. Like I would, if, if you've never been and you're thinking of going, um, I would begin to set a budget and start looking at the things they offer there mm-hmm. um, and try to determine what's most important. Right. Because there's so much you can spend you could spend a thousand dollars in there easily. Mm-hmm. You really could without even really being aware of it. Um so I you know set a budget but just go have yeah, yeah. <laughs> and geek out you know what that's the best part of it is that like you don't get judged yeah. either you know you're just there in your environment and you're having a great time and you don't have to apologize for it which is also kind of it's very interesting you say that because that's kind of what we talked about with mardi gras mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what people don't understand about mardi gras is like again you know people dress up and it's like whatever mm-hmm. you know you do you you know, have fun, you know, don't, you know, don't be a McClunky, you know? Um, well, cool. Well, uh, our next episode, I think we'll be, uh, talking about the new episodes of the clone wars. Um, Dave, you haven't watched any of the clone wars. Um, Fredo and I have, um, initial thoughts. It feels very much like a continuation of the show, which is good. Uh, animation slightly better, just slightly bit better. You know, it's, it's a, you can tell it's like a mix of, Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I it's mean, not quite as fluid as Rebels. Always look more rounded to me. Like it's some more. Thing I will say is that I don't like Anakin's nose. <laughs> that is just one of those things. Like the first episode, I'm like, mm-hmm. what's up with his nose? And I, I, it's like when somebody has a booger hanging from their mm-hmm. nose, you can't help but just <laughs> stare at it the whole right. time. It's like, dude's got a booger hanging from you know. But Anakin's nose is just it's shaped weird. I don't. I, don't know what my deal is with it but thanks for that so now that's the only thing thing. i'm gonna watch (laughs) that's it it. um Um, but looks the same which is good the the camera we don't want to give away anything but the camera work is awesome Mm -hmm. just these long shots that they're doing i just think is really cool i love the designs of the bad batch so i love how they've taken one single design you know the jango fett look from the movie and they find a way to differentiated across all these characters so that and, every one of them feels unique and i was surprised that they're just doing one episode a week yeah that's i mean it's smart instead of dropping the whole you know they well they could have they could have dropped the whole arc right. you know and i mean it would have been 60 minutes of your day but and i think it's genius it gives you something to look forward to like mm-hmm. tomorrow a new episode of the clone wars so and it doesn't take long for you to catch up and uh, we'll also talk about other news that's been that we may, people may have missed the Project Luminous stuff, and um, I've already been talking about probably going to have to do a combination of buying books and audio books and everything Comic else, books. and you know. Um, then, uh, but uh, some of the leaks coming out. Regarding- well, there was uh, they're talking about uh, another. There, uh, there is apparently going to be a Star Wars movie coming in twenty twenty three. Twenty two. Christmas 2022. But we don't know what it is, who's doing it. No, but, nothing. But there's a movie. So this is just very this is just very interesting stuff going on right now. And, of course, uh, Project Maverick. It will also be interesting to know, uh, well, there's a new Disney CEO. 
what does that mean for Star Wars? Who knows? Um, um, so it's an interesting time for Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll we'll talk more about that stuff next week. Um, any final thoughts for anybody? No, just around. need sleep. Yeah. So I'm as big as a Star Wars fan as I've ever been after going to Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that's like, interesting. It feels enhanced for me right now. I'm in it. I am immersed. So, um, yeah. One question. Did you find that your kids came back liking Star Wars more? Oh, they were already into it. So, right. <laughs> um, Nate, maybe a little more. For the experience. Yeah. Because that was interesting watching the photos of all three of them doing the, or the little videos of them doing the, the lightsaber battle with Darth Vader. They all approach it. They're all excited. You can tell the little personality is kind of coming out in that moment and embracing the situation. Yeah, no, they had a blast. Mm-hmm. Cool. We yeah. all did. That's good. Right on. Well, thanks for uh, for listening. And like I said, we you can hear us, by the way, on uh, um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Sorry, mm-hmm. iTunes just dated me. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple Podcasts and on uh, uh, Google, Google Play yeah, yeah. and Podbean. Uh, Podbean. And follow us on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Um, and until then, we will say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And uh, everybody have a good week. Thank you.